0: Hey y'all, welcome to another episode of Thoughts of Peaches. This is Peaches, how you doing? So, I took a little bit of a break because I needed to find a new job and get my life in some semblance of order. And now that that's starting to fall into place, I have created a new schedule for the show. So, I will be doing weekly episodes coming out midweek. But, this will be part two of the two-parter I started where I was talking about perception versus reality and as I said I'm going to talk about a couple of nuanced things and given the fact this is my first recording for pride month I figured I tackle sexuality gender and gender identity um I'm gonna break this episode down into three parts because there's three different issues I want to touch on that have interconnecting qualities but need to be addressed individually in a sense for it all to make sense. So, I'm going to address sexuality in the sense of gender, the difference in perceptions of men and women overall. Then I'm going to talk in terms of sexuality as far as orientation, as far as who you are attracted to and how society views it. But then I'm going to talk about gender identity because sometimes that gets blurred in with the other two concepts and there's a little bit more to it than that, that people don't seem to want to understand, interpret, or unpack correctly. And I think breaking it down like this will give a little bit more clarity on each subject and hopefully we all learn, grow, and can have great conversations from it, all right? So let's get started. So, let's dive into the first segment where we talk about the battle of the sexes, so to speak. The perceptions of men versus women conceptually as it pertains to culture. Now, it's kind of interesting when you talk about this because a lot of times we don't have the full perspective outside of our own culture. We only... See the information presented to us, but more often than not, especially in Western civilizations, there is a sense of patriarchy and male dominance because of the assumption of elements of biology or things seen in nature through the animal kingdom where the male part of the species is sexually dominant and thus that dictates the behaviors that is, are expected of each gender and whereas women are thought of seen as and often treated like the weaker lesser um, gender in a sense but that's a little complicated when you think about it because they're the ones who bear children and execute the birthing of children so I personally think that's a sign of strength but I digress In the society we live in, oftentimes um, female feminine energy is seen as more nurturing, more emotional, more soft, more caring, and men are thought of to be the more domineering, aggressive, um, repressed in a way, in the sense that men are taught that showing emotion is a female quality, it makes you less of a man, and... It creates problematic situations for people emotionally because it allows us to put people into boxes and try to dictate their behavior. I'm going to do an episode later this month regarding toxic masculinity, and we'll dive more into that. But when you see how society adjusts through cultural lenses where gender roles are assigned, You'll notice a lot of it comes from um, religion in a way, which we touched on in the previous episode, where the men are the leaders and the women are supposed to be the helpmate or the nurturers and kind of stand to the wayside and be silent as the men dictate how society moves and shifts. But we have to realize that without, without a balance of both of those energies, society cannot exist. You cannot procreate or bear children without the contribution biologically of both men and women, though science is working on ways around that, but that's a whole separate conversation. But within certain levels of culture, there's a misconception that male dominance is the key to success and prosperity. That is slowly being broken down. Um, With a lot of concepts like the future is female and the neo-feminist movements and things of that nature. But the discussion needs to be had on a more visceral level. In the sense that there needs to be a level of equality based on the fact that true progress is found in balance. You can't say that one has to be dominant over the other. They have to work together in unison To get where we need to go, just like you need male biological material and female anatomy to bear a child, society should be reflective of that equation as well, if not holding more value to accommodate um, people that bring life into the world. And you even see it with abortion laws and stuff like that. The focus is so much on controlling women And their bodies and taking away their autonomy as though they're the sole contributor into bringing life into the world. And there's not really anything being said about the responsibilities of the male counterparts in the situation about what they need to do with their bodies or taking away their autonomy to choose how they carry children or the measures they take to... um, avoid pregnancies it's the sole focus is on it's the woman's responsibility and that's a little counterproductive seeing that there's two partners involved in those situations or even questions of pay gaps and gender equality a lot of it culturally is handicapped against women because some studies were saying that originally women were paid less because at some point they may get pregnant and may not be able to work as much as men because of maternity leave and things like that, or they weren't physically capable to do the same level or quality of work as men. But now that we've moved into situations where we have the ability to work from home, work remotely or whatever and what have you, a lot of those archaic concepts that led to inequalities especially in the workplace are no longer valid or reasonable because we have ways to work around them and just the general concept that there needs to be a divide between men and women on so many things is a little um problematic in the sense that if you go to stores and things you can see how things especially like skincare and beauty products are marketed differently to men and women and the funny thing is if you go through social media you have so many people involved in those industries that are literally telling us that it's the same exact product same exact formulation literally the same exact thing in the bottle the only difference is the bottle and depending on the demographic it's marketed for will adjust the price for certain things or the connotations attached to certain products have to be remarketed and packaged in order for other genders to accept it as something useful to them you're seeing an uptick in beauty and skincare products specifically marketed and directed towards men to show men that self-care is important you have things like dude wipes or there's a couple of um, cosmetic brands that are making makeup specifically designed towards men and the truth is it's not designed towards men it's designed marketing wise towards men to make them more comfortable in using it and to increase the ability of men to want to buy it without feeling the stigma or feeling feminine for these products that's where the perception comes into play just because how we've conditioned ourselves through society It's almost the same thing as when you see the blue is for boys, pink is for girls thing. It could be the same exact t-shirt, but the color and perception of what that color means dictates a lot of how we feel about what we're putting on our bodies, what products we're buying, how we say things or the emotions we convey because we've been so indoctrinated into assigning gender roles to things that don't necessarily need them. Now, when it comes to the sexual orientation conversation, I purposely separated this from gender identity because when you think of the spectrum of the LGBTQIA community, that is a very large acronym and an umbrella term for pretty much any identity regarding sexuality that is not heteronormative. But I broke this down to separate because I want to deal with sexual orientation separately than gender identity, which is where you get into transgender, um, asexual, intersex, et cetera, and so forth, because they do need different subtle nuances because there are things about them that need to be discussed separately, conceptually. And I'll get into more of that in the next segment. But in regard to sexual orientation and how society perceives it, a lot of the cultural issue of sexual orientation revolves around similarly Similarly, in the previous segment where I talked about the battle of the sexes with regard to procreation. We live in a world that's predominantly heteronormative driven. So everything is look, looked at through that lens. So the reason why that people that are not identified in a heteronormative ideology, be them gay, bisexual, lesbian pansexual um or even i'll even throw polyamorous into that situation for a specific reason um when your orientation is not conducive specifically to procreation in the most natural sense people look at you as weird because that's not what the majority sees they look to religion cultural teachings and what people see in nature and assume that that is what we have to ascribe to. Humans are at a higher level of thought, however you want to read into that, than the animals that we watch on TV. So we have a more conscientious um how do I want to say this? way of thinking about our behaviors in the sense that some things are instinctual and some things are deliberate and where that line is is very murky. So for example, The attraction we have to the same gender, the opposite gender, multiple genders, is legitimately instinctual and natural. We can try to fight it, but it is inherently part of who we are. Now, who we are attracted to on the surface of, for superficial reasons, like body type, skin color, da-da-da-da-da, those are more conscientious decisions that happen because of all kinds of factors that are based on experience through life. But for the most part, the majority of population... View sexual orientation in a weird way Where, again, I've said this in previous episodes The power of mind in your business is so strong Your perception of what it means to be Gay, lesbian, bisexual, pansexual, etc Should not influence how you treat somebody Because unless they're sleeping with you It doesn't affect your life And to the context of religion being used, a lot of religions are based on ancestral traumas that their people endured and survival politics. So anything that did not contribute to the um, fortification of a population was frowned upon. So that's why you see so many historical texts talking about um, homosexuality being looked down upon or sinful or stuff like that. But that a lot of that was also rewrites and edits as a matter of time, circumstances, who controlled the narrative and what was written in some of these holy books. You can see that in the King James Version of the Bible where um, verses referencing pedophilic behavior were changed to homosexual behavior as a control measure for what they thought was morally appropriate for society. Now you look at society more today And you see people still holding on to those ideas. And the more you try to explain to them that times have changed, we need to change and evolve, there is an offense that is felt because they feel like we're attacking their culture and their sensibility. And we're not. We're just literally telling you to mind your business. No one's telling you, you can't be a Christian. So why are you telling me I can't love the person I love, regardless of their gender or anything like that? People have to understand That a book written 2,000 years ago or well over that, whether it be the Torah, the Quran, um, the Bible, any other religious or culturally based texts, those are written in a time and for a time. Some of those teachings need to change and evolve with the people that exist now. Not all of that applies now. Um, I use the example all the time. Sometimes a lot of religions used um, sin culture to control or curb certain behaviors that were counterproductive to the existence of the population. I use eating pork as a perfect example. Pigs, because of their diet and behaviors, are clean animals, but their bodies are set up differently than humans. So when you go to slaughter a pig to eat it, there are things that are not within that meat product that the human body can handle. And back then they did not have refrigeration or proper um, storage and preservation methods. So you getting sick and getting food poisoning could very much look like demonic possession or something to that effect with vomiting, skin jaundicing and things like that. But we've learned in modern times that that was just trigonosis. We have means and ways to move around that but some people still hold on to that religious tenet as law not understanding that it was a survival measure to protect the population we've learned to do better so we can move forward and progress from that but some people still hold on to that because it's part of their culture and tradition same applies to the gender norms and the restraints they put on people's sexual orientation they don't put that into the perspective of what was going on then versus where we are now and that's holding a lot of the progress we can make as a society back now the gender identity discussion is something i wanted to talk on a separate nuanced sense especially during pride month as i did the episode last year um Speaking with the three transgender women that I'm telling part of their stories, people's gender identity is very different than their sexual orientation because who someone sleeps with does not define who they are as a person. And I want to repeat that. Who someone sleeps with does not define who they are as a person. Someone can be a heterosexual transgender woman. That means they sleep with the opposite sex. They are transgender means they are currently living as the gender that they identify with but may not have been born with. And the woman is the gender they identify with. The first part is their sexual orientation. The rest of it falls into the category of their gender identity. They are very different. When you look at the acronym of LGBTQIA+, it is an umbrella term because we are not of the heteronormative community. But there is a nuance involved when you identify the difference of gender identity and sexual orientation. With that being said, a lot of history has been... Um, Straight washed over colonized and religiously indoctrinated to borderline erase the existence of any gender identity outside of male and female for the most part or as it's referred to as the binary but throughout history there has been the existence of three if not multiple genders. And I say three is multiple, but you get my point throughout different cultures and histories of religions around the world. But people don't have access to that information because a lot of those through the acts of varying large, powerful countries through the European continent have been silenced, sequestered, or all out eliminated from our scope because of forced cultural assimilation indoctrination the perfect example is um indigenous people in the northern south and central americas as well as the pacific islands where a lot of even their native language didn't have a lot of gender terms because it was not something that relevant or important to them it was something they acknowledged in a sense but it wasn't to the point where it dictated somebody's worth in society as it does now um By worth in society, I mean being able to dictate what they can and cannot do as a human being, whereas in ancient or more indigenous cultures, those who had a manifestation of both of the energies or the energy opposite of what was presented outwardly to the world were seen as special people and given a sense of reverence and places in the world. They were looked at as storytellers, healers, wise people, even in leadership roles, and as... More Western-based um, religions from the Big Three took over different parts of the world. You started to see a lot of that get quelled, and even into modern-day society, we're just now getting to the point of wrapping our head around gender identity beyond just male and the male and female spectrum. Understanding that there are not only biological factors, but also psychological factors that need to be acknowledged respected and accepted because not everything is as it seems. Not every person has the mind body connection that makes everything fall into place from the time they're born. We're not all built the same and to not understand, accept or acknowledge that is a bit short sighted. You see the point of we're at the point of States legislating who can go to which bathroom or defining what medical service children can be offered, claiming to care, but it's not care for those people. It's care for the comfort of the masses, which is not fair. There is no reason to have laws dictating what you tell somebody they can and cannot do or hurt their body, similar to the bodily autonomy of women having abortions. You cannot tell a transgender person that they cannot have life-affirming surgery or medication or tell a transgender child that they don't know who they are as early as you have young heteronormative um, identifying individuals having boyfriends and girlfriends saying what they like and don't like but yet you will tell um, a child experiencing trans thoughts feelings or identity that they're not old enough to know that you're you're prioritizing the comfort of people's short-sighted religious-based comfort over somebody being able to use a restroom safely or have job protections and things of that nature. Now, as a point of acknowledgement, I am not going to try to speak over the trans community. I'm speaking as someone who is adjacent to them as, as an ally looking into what I am observing. That's why I'm not going to say what trans experience is because it is different for everybody. These are just my observations for what I've seen and how I've seen people be treated. Please understand we are all humans. And we all deserve the rights and privileges and freedoms to live the best possible life we can. And for people of trans identity or for people for non-binary identity, which is another nuanced conversation that I'm still learning about, we need to understand that their needs to have a happy and healthy life may differ from ours, and we need to be able to offer them that as a greater society, just as much as the resources that we have now. A lot of the fights we fight for equality have often been on the backs of trans and non-binary people, but they have not reaped the same rewards as some of us have. But we need to work on that as an acknowledgement. Sometimes the perspective that is seen is that, oh, well, gay rights, gay rights, gay rights, gay rights is gay rights. It's an umbrella term, but there's still little nuts and bolts that need to be tightened within that spectrum. Or even there's a whole separate spectrum where you get into trans and non-binary rights because that comes down to Identity matters as far as changing names on certificates, legal documentation, legal rights, and things of that nature. Healthcare, non-workplace discrimination so people don't have to turn to unsafe working situations to live the life they deserve to live. Um, A lot of people are like, I don't understand it. Or even in the episode of Pose that appeared, that premiered on Sunday night, where Angel's talking to her father and part of the conversation, he says, well, I'm doing my best. Try harder. And that goes for all of us. We need to try harder to be understanding, to educate ourselves, because the emotional burden of trying to educate people is a lot, especially when you deal with marginalized people that are not given the opportunities that we have. We need to acknowledge that Whenever when it becomes something that we're not familiar with or newly visible communities or newly amplified voices. Now that we have access between social media and all these other mediums, we see people and we need to not have this fragile mentality of you're trying to do too much. This is all brand new. None of this is new. It's just things that are being brought to the forefront that have existed forever. And The gender identity politics is a huge part of that that we need to work on. Okay, so I know this may feel like one of my more ranty episodes, but the whole point is these are conversations that we need to start and continue having because the progress needs to be consistent. Times will change and evolve new ideas and concepts will reach us in different ways and they may not be new to other people they may be new to us and we need to be open to having these discussions and conversations and welcome these point of views whether we agree or disagree we need to understand they exist other people exist and not everybody lives in the same scope or perspective that we leave we need to respect those differences while trying to live the best life we can and not hinder other people from having the same opportunities. Um, Sometimes it's an issue that the majority population feels that it needs to be their way or the highway for everything. But the problem with that mentality is there are certain things within the existence of other people's lives that don't necessarily affect the bigger picture as much as people perceive that get sensationalized and politicized by people who want to control the narrative and direction in which things move. And that's not really productive or conducive to society. So, for example, who people decide to marry so long as they are two consenting adults shouldn't be anybody's business who people sleep with as long as they are two consenting adults should be nobody's business. If someone feels that they are not aligned with the gender they were assigned at birth and they choose to go through that transition process or they choose not to and they just choose to share that their identity differs from that of which they've been assigned at birth, that should not influence or have so much of an impact on society that it should require legislation to tell them whether or not they can and cannot do that in the terms of which they can't, as long as they are an adult of right mind and sound body. We need to give the perspective of others opportunities to breathe as much as we ask for it to be done on our behalf because it's the only fair thing to do and once again i will repeat this for the thousandth time i will probably repeat it a thousand times a thousand more times the power of binding your business is epic it can save lives move mountains and change the world there is no reason that arbitrary living arrangements that people have that have no direct fully functional impact on society should be any of your business Your sensibilities should affect you, those around you, those in your social circle, those within your family. Anything outside of that, if it doesn't apply, let it fly. This has been another episode of Thoughts of Peaches. See you next week.